0: Hey everyone, it's Matt. And I'm Kyle. And we're the Casual Tutors, back at you Reunited again to bring you the latest MTG topics and discussion. This week we're going to be focusing on universes beyond, you know, kind of their place in the magic universe, some of the hot and not topics surrounding it, and, you know, kind of our different opinions and feelings on universes beyond as a whole. Before that, just want to break down, do a little bit of uh, housekeeping. Like always, and talk a little bit about our different social media sources. It's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter are our three main ones, and we're found there at Casual Tutors. We also have an active Discord with deck help, deck recommendations, spoiler channels, memes, everything you love about magic and the universe surrounding it. <laughs> Get it? Universe. But you know, make sure join our link is always in the description of this podcast, as well as on our link tree. And without further ado, we're just going to jump right into the show. So Universes Beyond has been kind of a a hot topic. People have been super high on it. People are super low on it. As we know, know, Magic is a pretty expansive game with a ton of different opinions. And, you know, all those opinions seem to clash together. in the joy that is Reddit and MTG Facebook groups and all that stuff. So it's always a topic that is... You know, sure to get responses from people we kind of wanted to talk briefly about them in general and what magic universe is beyond is is different ips that either magic is licensing or cooperating with or it's within the hasbro realm and they're bringing into magic the gathering be it secret layers entire set releases commander decks promo material anything along those lines and so far, we've seen some pretty spicy ones. We had Walking Dead. We had Street Fighter, Warhammer 40k Commander decks, My Little Ponies, Transformers. And I'm sure there's still some I'm missing. Um, that Netflix series is escaping me. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yep. And we got more on the horizon. This summer, Lord of the Rings is an entire set with every SEAL product you can imagine coming out with it. Then we have Doctor Who's Secret Lair. And is there one more thing that they announced?
1: I'm not sure off the top of my head. I there's, there's also some kind of different ones that kind of fall under that banner that aren't exactly their own cards, like the Godzilla cards.
0: Right, Godzilla. That was a big one back when Ikoria came out.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me take a look here. What do we... What are we... Universes beyond. What do we got here? But for
0: sure, Lord of the Rings, Doctor Who's on the horizon. It's kind of difficult because you see people making their own universes beyond and they look super cool and they fit the theme. Like, I've seen some pretty sweet Harry Potter ones, which, like, that would be big to me if Magic got Harry Potter. Like, big money on both ends. We have license it to fucking buy that product.
1: We have some exclusive reskins, is what they're calling them. That's like the arcane stuff, the, uh, Oh, what do you call that, that game? What is that game? League of Legends. League of Legends. Fortnite has some. There's the Dungeons and Dragons stuff, which I didn't know was considered part of Universe Beyond. Oh, it's because it's yeah. a secret layer specifically for the movie Honor Among Thieves, I guess.
0: What just, what just came out, not the movie. I, although the movie might have just came out too, but the secret layer just came out today as of recording.
1: And then they've announced a Final Fantasy one, and Assassin's Creed one.
0: Oh, see, I didn't even see either of those. That's that's pretty spicy. Those are both Final sl- fantasy art.
1: Those are both slated for 2024. I'm actually pretty excited for those. I didn't know about those either.
0: Yeah, and you know, we're we're gonna talk about kind of excitement levels surrounding them, kind of past and present. But as you can see, there's really no IP that's safe from Wizards' reach. They're kind of seem to be going all different directions. There kind of is a large focus on video games now that we find out about Final Fantasy and assassin's creed because we've like i said or like kyle said already had league of legends already had Fortnite, and you know right there that's four you know there is a slight comic book theme walking dead obviously is a super famous tv show but it's also a comic series transformers again another famous tv show but also a comic series stuff like that you know it, it is super interesting transformers was unique in the fact that it came out exclusively in a standard product where it was in Set and Collector Boosters of uh, Dominari United. No, Brothers War.
1: Yep. It's also interesting that Transformers is the only one that had specific cards that were released, uh, actual cards that are brand new cards themselves, but they also had exclusive reskins in a Secret layer product.
0: Yeah, like the, the Megatron Blight Steel Colossus, the Doubling Cube AllSpark stuff like that. Yeah, those are they're definitely cool. It was the cheapest way to get Blades Steel. I think it still might be the cheapest way to get blade Steel glosses. And so, it's sweet yay, accessibility. Yeah, and it's sweet. It's double sided, so foils are safe. So, kind of just talking about our personal opinions about Universes Beyond right off the bat. At first, I know I wasn't super excited about it. We we saw the very first one is The Walking Dead, and I've never been a huge Walking Dead fan. So, I was kind of butthurt hurt right up the gate, and I I kind of masked that butthurtness hurtness with the fact that they were printing unique cards that were good in Commander. Like Rick is more than the original price of the Secret Lair by himself. Not to mention Lucille and Glenn, and you know they're all relatively good cards, especially in Commander, and you know not getting non IP versions of those cards, which is something we see they do later with like street fighter and stranger things but there was no indication that you know there's going to be any other way of getting these powerful walking dead cards in any other set or any other product release and that that really chafed me because kind of like i was just cheering for blight steel being reprinted as megatron in a secret lair you know accessibility is the healthiest thing for this game It helps keep prices low it helps you know more people break into formats and you know, experiment and make their decks diverse, all that kind of thing. So overall, having one limited print run of something is a, a big a big boo in my book.
1: Yeah, a limited print one run is gonna be bad in any sense, right? You're causing uh what artificial scarcity. So it's it's not great. I and I don't know what the right answer is. Is because when we talk about the later sets like Street Fighter and Stranger Things, where they did create magic centric, magic themed versions of these same cards and then release them, uh, it was underwhelming. I guess you know it. It it wasn't it wasn't exciting to pull these, and I don't know if that's maybe because of the slot they put them in, the product that they released them in. Maybe they could have done it a different way. I'm not really sure what the answer is to that.
0: Yeah, and that product being a specific slot in set boosters and collector boosters. And, you know, I just think, for me, the Stranger Things and the Street Fighter, they just didn't have as big of a splash. One, because those are two other IPs that I'm not really interested in, so I was definitely out for the Secret Lair. But even the reprinted Magic versions of those cards, they aren't... Uniquely powerful. They 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 are unique. They definitely do different things. Like Stranger Things have a new form of partner that's together forever. Uh, they seem very focused around clues in particular, which I guess is kind of tying into that particular IP and an investigation and all that kind of thing. Whereas Street Fighter, you know, it was kind of all over the board with the different abilities. I know there's some different cool like a Boros spell slinger and stuff like that, but none of them really you know tune me into that particular release
1: Yeah, it's interesting and that's another good point when you're looking at these universe beyonds right uh i was in the same boat with not liking them not liking them not liking them not liking them and then they released the exclusive reskins for godzilla and i was like oh these are sweet like who doesn't like a, a kaiju right who doesn't like a big old monster and when you slam down something and it's you know whatever card it really is for Korea, but it's like mecha godzilla that feels cool and it made me realize that okay maybe they're not bad maybe doing something like this pulling from other IPs isn't necessarily bad uh, you just have to realize just like everything you're not going to you're not going to like every single one right you're not going to be a fan of every single one i will say that i have some respect for watsy in the sense that it's they've at least gone the route of these are all like nerd pop culture references right they're not pulling from some random other it, it, maybe except for the my little pony stuff but again that's you know teach their own that's know, ponies still these are pretty nerdy yeah, that's still in the nerd culture, and it's it's actually interesting. The 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 MTG wiki does not consider that part of universes beyond, which I don't know what that would be then. But
0: yeah, it's kind of a gray area where it's a IP owned by Hasbro. It came out in a secret layer that was explicitly for a fundraiser for a nonprofit group, and it was kind of before the big secret well, the not, not secret layer, but the big universes beyond push started happening. So maybe it's outside the realm. I still consider it in because it you know it's not Magic.
1: Yeah, it's It's the the exact same thing. On
0: Magic cards, yeah. Uh, Ikoria was definitely, I think, the real second attempt at a big Universe is Beyond thing, where they definitely, they hit the nail on the head, in my opinion. Like Kyle said, it's giant kaijus, everything you love from the Godzilla universe, the heroes, the villains, I guess if you could call them that, printed on actual cards from the Ikoria set, but the way they did it is that they gave you the art, they gave you the unique name, and then they gave you a little subframe beneath it with the actual name of the card. So it was clear what that card was portraying. It had awesome art, and all around was just a win. I know tons of people that rushed out to buy a Coria product just to specifically get the Kaiju art, make Kaiju commander decks, all that kind of thing, and it's super sweet every time you see it. I love the Kaiju walking ballista and Hangerback Walker. I play them you know, in any that they fit in. Um, I probably should print more proxies of them, but I do have the originals and I just love throwing them in because they're different, they're foil, they're giant robotic kaijus and it's sweet.
1: Yeah. It was an incredible idea. Whoever, whatever developer, whatever guy in, in R and D back there that was like, this is what we should do. That guy needs a raise.
0: Right. And you know, we, we did get comment from Watsy. After the release of the Walking Dead secret lair, that you know, these cards weren't off the table for reprint. Obviously, now we're several years past the release date of the Walking Dead. We haven't seen those cards reprinted in regular magic frame or, you know, re-released Walking Dead frames or whatever it is. They're they're still locked in that original secret lair. But they have done better. So we saw the kaiju release where it was actual magic cards with the card named on it. We've seen Street Fighter. We've seen transformers stuff like that where the cards are exclusive but they're printed in relatively easily accessed product and reprinted heavily because they're standard product yeah
1: and i can tell you like i i don't know did they did they slot into the list
0: um not the list slot it was the commander card exclusive slot
1: interesting i feel like i got so many of them
0: (laughs) yeah i I definitely got a bunch of repeats of the street fighter ones uh transformers there was a ton but i think we we were heavily opening brothers war because we were in uh salt lake at the magic summit
1: i and i love transformers so i was i was really trying to get those
0: looking for them yeah so i think that one's slightly biased by how much product we opened at that event but Even the Street Fighter, I feel like I got a decent representation of them just in the sporad packs I opened from Phyrexia.
1: I feel like I got. I feel like I have multiples of every one of the Stranger Things ones too.
0: I definitely have a few. Dominar United, I think was that one, Mm -hmm. and I didn't open a ton of that product. So, but I definitely got a few. I know I have like the um, a couple of the Friends Forever because that's what makes them jump out to me is that they have that unique partner commander or partner mechanic.
1: Okay, um, Matt, I got a question for you. Yeah. What is your favorite past or future? Like, what, what are you, are you super excited for one? I, I think I already know the answer to this for you. Um, or is there one that's already come out that you're, you're like,
0: this is the one? I mean, obvious answer is the Warhammer 40k Commander decks. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> They're super powerful pre-cons, which is great. Uh, I think, you know, it gives everybody a little bit of a boost in power level when they buy them with their card pool. The theme is amazing. The cards are beautiful. The, the collector edition was bullshit. <laughs> like, flat out, I'm not going to pay $500 for a bunch of cards that have, like, a Pokemon foil process on them. But overall, I think that was an amazing product. And I really hope they revisit it and give it the full... Like we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings treatment or uh, Dungeons and Dragons treatment. And speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, that's kind of the the next big Universes Beyond push after Ikoria where it was just select cards that you're going to get that were kaijus to every card in the set being Universes Beyond, which was cool. Obviously, D&D is a Watsy product also, so... There, there isn't a lot of, you know, IP conflict or licensing that has to go on there for them to print D&D product. And overall, you know, the sets weren't very high powered. I think they did relatively well on sales, just carrying on the back of the D&D name. Some of the things were kind of ridiculous. Like, I know Adventure's been making a big splash until Bands and Legacy and Popper and stuff like that. Or not Adventure, but Initiative which came out in Baldur's Gate, the second D&D set. But, you know, they were cool. Accessibility, like I said, was the the biggest drawback in my mind for this whole Universe is Beyond concept was amazing because they're full sets. Um, There wasn't a ton of product. You know, it was just your regular set, boosters, collector boosters, draft boosters, commander decks, that kind of thing, bundles. But there wasn't, like, so such few product that you're like, oh my god, I gotta go out and, like, go to eight different Walmarts and four targets and scour Amazon to try to get the best deal and find this product. It was just available, which is great. I know Kyle plays the d What did you think of those two sets? Uh,
1: so uh, before I talk about that, actually um, I just want to uh, mention how they consider universes beyond. Cause this is something we've brought up a couple of times with like the D and D sets and stuff. They do not consider anything that wizards owns as a universe beyond, which is the, the reason, like you said, with the, the, my little pony. Um, it's also why the Dungeons and Dragons sets aren't on there, even though I, I still can it's, it's still universes beyond. It's still universes not in yeah, magic. Not magic. Yeah, they're they. Not like I guess. Plane. I guess they don't even consider the Godzilla or Dracula series ones because they don't have the the triangular hollow foil stamp used for mm. universes beyond. Yeah, super Dracula dumb. Is
0: another one we missed.
1: Yeah, Dracula is another one. I still consider those anything outside of your base Magic the Gathering universes would be a universe beyond, in my opinion.
0: Right. It's not a plane. A plane's is is going to be able to planeswalk to It's not normal magic art, and it's a whole separate out IP that exists on its own outside of Magic. So its universes beyond. I don't care what they say.
1: Exactly. I completely agree. Just wanted to clarify that for anyone curious or or anyone. I mean, hey, if you want to jump in the comments and and yell at us for getting it wrong, go ahead. But we we covered our bases.
0: Someone did, it, someone did it two weeks ago. Talked to us about a mistake. We love to see it. We'll talk about it. We'll own up to it or we'll fight you about it, you know, out in the street. Catch me outside. But hit our Discord up and talk about it.
1: Yeah, let us know. We're, we're not perfect. We're not pros. We are casual tutors.
0: Emphasizing casual. So D&D, Kyle. Okay, you all right.
1: Back on track. I, I mean, I kind of think what everyone thought, right? Adventures in the Forgotten Realms was awesome. I think it was a ton of fun. It was a good, fun, like, oh, yeah, we're doing a d set and Battle for Baldur's Gate was kind of a letdown. I mean, I think story-wise it was cool. It was cool to see some of the uh, characters that were shown in the second one, but I think putting the Commander Legends tag at the beginning of Battle for Baldur's Gate was a little misleading uh, to drive sales, and the, the set was underwhelming as a whole. And maybe it was underwhelming because they threw that Commander Legends tag on there instead of just doing Dungeons and Dragons Battle for Baldur's Gate. I, I'm not sure. I, I think the second one had some some sketchy market marketing practices. Um, overall,
0: yeah, I'm not not feeling a ton of Commander staples out of it. There were some like the the Diamond Cycle and stuff like that. As cheap enters about a field tap mana rocks, and they're cool frames that was pretty sweet but that wasn't different than AFR either what really put a bad taste in my mouth about Baldur's gate for me was their uh dragon cycle their mythic dragon cycle they obviously are very powerful they're all like six or seven mana i think and they all do powerful things obviously the green one that comes out and just shits treasures everywhere is amazing the black one's pretty good um uh, but there was like A hidden rarity about those. Like, yes, they were mythic. Yes, they're supposed to be hard to pull from packs. But I remember reading, you know, people that, you know, open packs professionally saying that it was like one dragon in a case of draft booster boxes or set booster boxes. And that's insane. That's definitely far below normal mythic pull rate. Mm -hmm.
1: I will say they did print probably the most adorable card in years unless you're a CDH player, uh, a CEDH player, and that's Displacer Kitten.
0: Yeah, immediately went out and bought a full art one of those, just a cute kitty rolling around, doing broken, blinky things. (laughs) Who doesn't love that?
1: It is adorable. We actually, we we brought up the artwork in our last uh, D&D game because somebody had mentioned uh, finding one as a kitten, and we were like, hey, there's actually artwork for that.
0: Yeah, and... You know, that's all I really have to say about Baldur's Gate and AFR. They, like I said, accessibility was amazing on them, except unless you wanted a Mythic Dragon out of Baldur's Gate. I know our local shop still has a bunch of product available that they can't seem to move because everyone's had their fill on these very lackluster, mid to low power level sets. But before we jump into kind of some future Universe Beyond sets that are coming out, some future news, stuff like that, just wanted to take a moment, talk about, you know, our first advertisement. So here you go. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our first ad. Uh, we're super stoked to finally get one. Hopefully will be making a little bit of money on this venture. But we appreciate all the support, like always. Uh, if you guys, you know, check out our Discord, Facebook group, all that stuff. Let us know what you think. Let us know the latest happenings. Ask for deck help. All that stuff. We love it. So looking at future sets, this summer, 2023, we have Lord of the Rings, which just like Baldur's Gate and AFR that we talked about with D&D is an entire set release. And it's huge. Way more product than the D&D sets. It has all the the base booster boxes, all that stuff, but has more commander decks and just more ancillary products surrounding it as well, including secret layers stuff like that. When it comes to Lord of the Rings, I'm very middling when it comes to being a fan. I do like it. Uh, I know... A decent amount of the lore but i'm not like frothing at my ma- frothing at the mouth to go out and get my hands on you know anything really lord of the rings related i'm definitely not you know buying collector boosters trying to get the one of one one ring or anything like that even the serialized uh soul rings for the elves dwarves and humans all that stuff not really too worried about pulling.
1: i mean honestly like everything if you're super into Everything minus the one of one ring uh but if you if you're super into grabbing you know the specialized soul rings or any special art or anything like that, there's always singles they're gonna be there
0: singles are gonna be big for me we're We're kind of seeing super inflated prices on Amazon, nothing like Commander Masters that's coming out in August, but still higher than normal set prices including the commander decks, which there are four, I believe. And that's usually the product I pick up guaranteed 100% of the time is I pre-order four commander decks. I usually get, you know, well below retail pricing on them, stuff like that. But this time around, they were definitely not below retail pricing for normal commander decks. They're very high, uh, in my opinion. So that's going to be a huge barrier of entry for me. And I imagine a lot of different people out there.
1: Pricing is,
0: uh,
1: in my opinion, a problem that we're going to start to see more and more. Whether that's an issue with the actual price of the full product set, like with Commander Masters, or just the amount of product we're getting, especially now that we're we're being thrown at, we you know we're we're having our master sets each year, we're having our standard sets, we're having our in between sets, we're having our Universe Beyond sets. So this set, this set, this you know what I mean. And then you got secret layers on top of that. Even when you don't look, even if they kept pricing the exact same across the board, there's just so much new product that it's going to start hurting wallets, and it already has.
0: Yeah, and we, we've seen some cool previews for it. You know, we got Gandalf, we got Frodo, Gollum, all the usual characters that you would expect to see in Lord of the Rings. And they all, you know, the mechanics so far look cool. They're different. Um, you know, they're, they're obviously there's going to be different keywords and stuff that are going to be set specific that are going to come out that, you know, will probably break some things. They'll probably get new combos here, stuff like that. So definitely keeping an eye on that and trying to track the singles will be super important for me. Uh, the power of my commander decks and modern play, stuff like that. But it's likely going to be one I'm going to skip just for, unless there's a dramatic reversal in pricing, which is very possible. You know, all this is really driven by Amazon's algorithm. So, you know, if we get closer to release and all of a sudden, you know, it shits a brick and drops 150 bucks each, you know, I'm, I'm well on that single game.
1: So from that, I, I mean, I kind of kind of have your answer already again, but I, I have to ask, do you think that it was, or do you think that they should have done this as a full set like they did? Do you think this, this will be our first, uh, outside of the Dungeon Dragons, but first non-Wizards IP universes beyond, that's a full set on its own. Do you think they should have done that, or do you think they should have maybe followed some of the the past experiences
0: i would have much rather them put off any kind of commander masters bullshit and done a a more exclusive you know even if they call it premium product for lord of the rings like just one type of booster box and maybe commander product and you know they could use all their usual Walmart single pack shenanigans that the distributors do, stuff like that. But just limiting it to one type of product, maybe two types of product, I think would have been perfect.
1: Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I am looking at this from a player standpoint, too, because I'm, I'm curious um, and we'll probably experience this just knowing who we are. But I'm curious what the draft environment's like. You know, I'm curious. I'm curious at what the draft environment's like if they're releasing draft boosters. I'm curious what the pre-release environment's going to be like. I, I don't know. I'm assuming if it's a full set, they're going to have a pre-release with pre-release kits. Um,
0: there are pre-release kits for it.
1: Right. Uh, I'm curious as to how good the commander decks are. Are we talking our normal standard set commander decks or are we talking Warhammer 40K commander decks? You know, is what, it, what is the drive to buy these things? What are the, the cards that are going to be available for commander you know or is it going to cause some ripples in the commander community or is it going to be just kind of like you know i mean i want to say just kind of like any other pre-con but we've had pre-cons in the past cause some pretty big ripples so I, i i am really curious on a playing standpoint what this set is going to do
0: on the commander side i don't think there's gonna be I mean, there's probably going to be one or two cards in each deck that will spike and see a lot of play, just like normal. I don't see them being on the level of 40k. And that's mainly because of the huge breadth of product that's coming out. They aren't required to squeeze all the unique IP, all the cool mechanics and stuff into the commander decks. So I think a lot of that's going to be expressed in the set boosters and draft booster environment. When it comes to limited, I, I think Wizards has really figured out the formula pretty well. Uh, in the past, there's definitely been weaker, limited environments, like if you're looking at the new Innistrad sets stuff like that. But overall, they weren't bad; they were just fine. And you know, if Wizards keeps you know releasing sets that are fine, plus and limited, I think you know we are in a good place overall. And like I said, they seem to got that on lock, so I'm not really worried about Lord of the Rings drafting or sealed. I don't expect it to be Phyrexia all will be One or Brothers war where they were super high powered because it seems kind of cyclical where we get super high powered limited environments and then just fine meaty fine and then back to high powered stuff like that but you know we'll live and see uh definitely we'll be doing the pre-release uh assuming we get product stuff like that but we we had a discussion a couple days ago in our discord about this pricing issue that we're seeing with Lord of the Rings and Commander Masters and it's definitely you know voting with our wallets is a viable tactic we've seen it with D&D lately with their 1.1 uh release getting pulled back and you know the huge outcry people's going to Pathfinder and other you know tabletop RPG systems stuff like that so that is always an option and it is an option we should endeavor to do because that's our largest power as consumers is you know buying or not buying but i think at this point magic is kind of foobard because there's a lot, a large component out there that treats magic as an investment, and as long as they're treating it that way, the everyday consumer not buying a product isn't going to have a large impact. It just makes more product available for those, you know, quote unquote, investors, the rooties of our world. And I will, you, s- uh, I,
1: I will say too, I I know my opinion, and I think it's Matt's opinion too. Universes Beyond is not, uh, don't buy this issue. You know, if anything, the the, the biggest. The biggest try to stick it to Watsey issue is is pricing structure.
0: Yeah, so definitely pricing is gonna be an issue that's gonna, you know, hopefully not last the full, you know, development cycle that Watsi goes through with their product releases. But something we see change in the future. But as of right now, it doesn't look like you know they really even care. Um there's been really no comment by anybody. And I'm sure if there was it would just be them being like, you know, maybe this product isn't for you, which is, you know, definitely something we've seen uh, WotC and Hasbro broach in the past, which isn't wrong. You know, you're not forced to go out and buy every product. But when there is a competitive aspect to Magic the Gathering, even in EDH, which is a casual format, but you still want to win. And Sometimes you need the best cards to win. But that competitive aspect makes it that, you know, sometimes you have to buy product, whether it's secondary market or not. And it, it's frustrating to see a company that preaches about being about the player and being about the game have also, you know, a counter player stance about this product, you know, which just might not be for you. Anyways, you know, we, we definitely beat the money issue like a dead horse several times in de- several different episodes. Make sure you go back and check those out. But, you know, looking forward again, after Lord of the Rings this summer, I think the next one we're slated for is Doctor Who. It's a secret layer as far as I know. No other product associated with it. I'm not super stoked. I'm Doctor Who's been something I watch a couple episodes here or there across the years. Not something that really reaches out to me. So definitely going to be a skip for me unless we see some super spicy reprints because that seems to be the best way to get super expensive cards at a cheaper price. Yeah,
1: and I'm in the same boat for that. I I, I think my wife likes Doctor Who. Maybe I'll get him for her.
0: Yeah. Just like the Transformers.
1: Yeah, and then I ended up, you know, making <laughs> Optopotamus.
0: Yeah. But, you know, apparently we got uh, a couple of video game IPs coming in with, and I'm totally blanking on them right now.
1: Uh, Final Fantasy and Assassin's Creed.
0: Yeah. For some reason, I wanted to say Elden Ring, which would be sick. Yeah, it would. But, <laughs> uh two more i i've never really played final fantasy games i've never owned sony consoles or anything like that so pretty much a skip for me and then assassin's creed you know it was definitely a game i used to love when i was younger uh high school age Um uh, maybe we'll see you know kind of the spice they print it will definitely kind of drive my opinion of them
1: i'll tell you what you could bet your ass i'm gonna be rocking a cloud deck or a Sephiroth deck, or whatever they get us. If I could get like an an Ezio deck for Assassin's Creed, I'm pretty pumped about those two. I didn't know that those were coming out. Those are going to be freaking sweet.
0: Yeah, I hope they do the same thing they did with Street Fighter and Stranger Things, where they give us in-universe alternatives in you know a set release somewhere in in the near future. Because that that really, like I said you know, having accessibility to this product is the the best and really the only way I could see any kind of popularity across the board with Universes Beyond, Um, it, you know. And it's the most important because if they print powerhouses like Rick, but then never reprint him again, Rick's price is just going to go up and up and up. And he's not mandatory by any means. He's not like so good. He's a staple in every deck you need to put him in, but he's definitely good enough to have an impact on the decks he's good in. So it's just something, you know, wishful thinking for the future. I think they definitely have learned their lesson because we haven't seen them backtrack at all with, in terms of reprinting secret layers and stuff like that.
1: I'm really curious how they're going to do these future ones because now that I just said, I don't think Lord of the Rings needed a full set. Uh, now I'm like, Final Fantasy and Assassin's Creed are both very large IPs.
0: Yeah, I don't think any any outside IP needs the release order of the rings is getting i think it needs more than 40k got with just commander decks but less than lord of the rings so somewhere in there where you know maybe it's set draft boosters commander decks, or you know it's just an exclusive you know i don't want to say masters because that comes with a limited run very high price association with it but where it's just one product and it's not limited run they'll print it you know for it a normal cycle stuff like that where everyone has an opportunity to get their product crack packs get commander decks if they do that and just be done with it and keep the normal release cycle because it's insane right now we need to go back to four releases a year with every other year possibly having something else released like a commander set or not commander set master set because it's just way too much product I'm, i feel like i'm drowning and i don't nearly buy anywhere close to all of it
1: I, I agree completely.
0: Just to kind of wrap up, you know, our discussion on universes beyond, I think, you know, obviously there's been good and we, we definitely covered all that with availability and unique mechanics and sweet art, like the Godzilla cards, and the 40 K commander decks, there's been bad, like the walking dead exclusivity and kind of high power cards locked behind a secret layer. That's well out of print and no sight of that ever being reprinted, regardless of what they say. But overall, I think, you know, as long as these IPs are bringing more people into Magic than are leaving because, you know, quote unquote outrage, it's a net positive for Magic the Gathering. And I think if they fix the price structure to increase accessibility into it, we're definitely going to see an increase in players. We're going to see, you know, fresh excitement brought into the game. And I think, you know, overall, it's a net win for MTG.
1: And that's really, that's, that's the baseline. That is what Universes Beyond should be. There should be a way to bring new players into Magic the Gathering. Players from other franchises that are similar-esque, you know, within nerd culture, so it's not that big of a leap. And I think as far as that goes, it's an incredible product. It's an incredible idea, and I think they're doing it well. Again, Beating the Dead Horse, the price point is something that we're always gonna have an issue with and we're always gonna look at for lots of products. But I think for the most part, the base idea behind Universes Beyond is is awesome. It's it's doing what it what it's supposed to do.
0: Yeah, and just remember if you're like me and you feel like we're drowning in new product, just take a step back. You don't have to buy everything. I'm not buying everything. Like I said, I try to limit it to just commander decks, but you know, even these new incredibly expensive commander decks that are coming out that I'm probably gonna skip just Keep that in mind, you know, do vote with your wallet, even if it doesn't end up having a large impact on the bottom line. Uh, I think another important thing that we didn't really touch on is take the social media like Watsy is active. You know, we got Gavin Verhey that posts every day on YouTube, and I know he's active on Twitter and stuff like that. Let them know, even you know, if you're just a little, you know, bug to them and they just scroll right past you in whatever media that you're in, but at least you're taking the opportunity to get your voice out there. And by the chance that, you know, they're sitting on the toilet one day and they see your Reddit post or they see your tweet at them, you know, you have directly connected with somebody that can influence the direction of the game. And hopefully they are, because I know that it is not an unpopular opinion that Magic is kind of moving in an unhealthy direction. And I know there's tons of people out there that are sharing that opinion. So just, you know, add your voice among them. I think that's the better option than voting with your wallet, even though. You know, don't see it as voting with your wallet. See it as just making your wallet healthier by not engulging in all these excessive products. Anyways, you know, Universe is Beyond, overall a good thing. There's some things that need to work on. There's definitely a lot about WotC's culture that in the direction of movie that needs to be worked on, but a good thing nonetheless. Uh, catch up with us on all our social medias. It's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at CasualTutors. Join our Discord. Let us know what you think about Universes Beyond. If we fucked up and made a mistake this episode, let us know. I want to hear it. I want to argue with you if I'm right or, you know, just agree with you, probably, because I'm mostly wrong. Anyways, I'm Matt.
1: And I'm Kyle.
0: And we're the Casual Tutors.
1: Thanks for listening.